1: Always fun on Tuesday. Give uh, Kyle Krabs a chance to get home from the game in Washington and uh, talk about the Dolphins after I know he's looked at everything. Locked on Fence podcast, a must-watch. He's fantastic. Joins us this morning. Kyle, how are you?
2: I'm doing great. How are you doing, Joe?
1: Man, I, I, I'm, doing, I'm doing really good because um, for the first time in a long time, I, uh, I feel really good uh, about this team. And I'll be honest, part of it is the schedule that they have ahead of them. It just – it looks good. And, by the way, when they play teams they're supposed to beat, they've beaten them. And sometimes beaten them up badly. So, how are you feeling after watching that one, their most complete games of the year against Washington? What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I think it was a a nice complimentary football game for Miami. And you had – for the storylines coming in, you talked about the offense – protecting the football second game with no turnovers defensively it's the impact of losing Jalen Phillips while well, you had Andrew Green can go with a pick six and Emmanuel Ibo with a sack so it was kind of nice to just see almost all your primary questions and talking points for this football team then put that all together for one football game and continue to play really well Uh, On the defensive side of the ball, I thought they ran the ball well down the stretch. Second consecutive week, Joe, I think this is one of the biggest things for me with this game, that you had a drive late in the game where you wanted to possess the clock and kill the game. And they ran the ball successfully. That big, long scoring drive at the very end with the touchdown with two minutes left in the fourth quarter, they ran one pass on that drive, and it was a jet motion touch pass to River Craycraft. I mean, they they pounded the rock in the same way that they had the nine-minute possession the previous week against the Jets. Drives like that, reps like that down the stretch, don't be surprised if they need to do that in a game that counts. Yeah, And these reps will help them to be in a position to do it successfully.
1: So uh, by the end of the game for uh, for a second straight week, played with a lot of different guys on that offensive line. Um, how'd that group, I mean, that group at the end of the game, and and I saw some pancake blocks. I saw Austin Jackson put a guy on his back. Uh, How did they play overall as a group?
2: I think they played as well as you can for guys continuing to shuffle in and out of the lineup. and um, We even have this other offensive tackle that I know we name-dropped last week, but he got in the game again because of Kendall Lamb with his, his ongoing back issue that he's working through. Keon Smith's got a little something to him, Joe. Like he, he's blowing guys off the ball. He's shooting, like he might be as athletic as Austin as far as playing in space and his first step explosiveness. And he's long. And he had a lot of. Toronto Armstead gets leg whipped at the end of the first half. I did get a chance to see that on tape. You could kind of see somebody trying to make the tackle and Raheem Mostert. And his leg comes through and just kind of catches yeah. Toronto on his lower leg. Um, Mike McDaniel did say after the game that he would have been available to come back in, so that's a good sign when you're up what Miami was up, I don't blame them for tempting fate right. with that. Uh, but And then Keon Smith comes in and he plays well. And I actually think he's moving better than Taron Armstead is right now. So that's to be expected for a, a young, fresh guy versus Tehran at this stage. But nevertheless, getting that kind of extra juice, it's it's just another layer here that as, as we're moving forward and you think about uh, all the guys that are getting reps so that when you got to play a big game down the stretch. If you need to shuffle, all these guys are getting time. Uh, I, I do think it's fascinating for all of the offensive success and for all of the critiques around the players. The two offensive linemen that have taken the most snaps for the Dolphins this season are Austin Jackson and Liam Eichenberg. Wow.
1: By the way, that's a great point. And, and by the way, been rewarded by getting the start at left guard in this last game. What would you think of Liam overall?
2: I, it might have been his best game he's played. Wow. I'm going to be honest. I he He – getting attached on guys in the run game. Is it always the prettiest? No. Is it always um, without maybe a little ticky-tack as far as grabbing guys outside of their frames? No. I think there were a couple of plays for hand discipline. Uh, maybe if that game's a little bit more closely contested, he gets popped for him. But generally speaking, I thought he moved guys well. I thought he was much better in pass protection, much more patient in pass protection. thought his center of gravity was more effective. Um, I, I don't... I don't know where he's gonna pencil. Oh, I know where he's gonna pencil the rest of the season, unless Isaiah Wayne comes back, and that's gonna be the left guard, unless Rob Hunt misses more time with the hamstring injury that issue that he reaggravated. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he continues to play like what he played against Washington if we get into this off season anywhere, and we're talking about him getting penciled into a an incumbent spot and being a returning starter next year for the team.
1: I want. Uh... I, it seems to me Vic Fangio's got a really good feel for his defense. I was curious with, uh, and you probably were with, with Jalen Phillips out, uh, how many things he was going to change. And I, I love some of the, the blitzes he dialed up, some with just one extra blitzer on the outside, a couple times inside. What would you think? He seems to have a real good feel for this group right now and what he wants to do.
2: So they got, what was it, that, that first third down? and uh, they they win birds on the fence. I said, oh, and Josh Boyer come back. That was a nice yeah. layer to see them kind of line up and, and get, and, and obviously some of that's Brandon Jones, right, with with Brandon Jones playing this game without Javon Holland, putting him in position to do the thing that he does best, and he gets a quarterback hit on Brandon Jones on that incomplete pass to uh, John Bates, the tight end, uh, on the first possession for Washington when that drive stalled out. So um, I I do think... The menu continues to expand. Um, I thought Duke Riley stepping in for Jerome Baker as the green dot player played an outstanding football game. Uh, I think that's super promising for Miami to be able to continue to play with the relay diverse palette, but it feels like every week they're adding something new, another layer to how they can attack you. And if they're able to do that with however long Jerome Baker's out, yeah, they're going to have a a lot of different ways to come at you, and because of the back end that they have, uh, you're going to trust that they're going to get home and they're not going to give up an explosive play.
1: I thought Tua was about as good a player as you could get at the quarterback position the way he played in that game. He had a couple of free blitzers, stepped around them, didn't panic, his um, movement in the pocket, even getting outside the pocket, and then some of the throws he made down the field. He's just been so accurate. To make sure he gets the ball out in front where Tyree can go get it, it's. Uh, I thought he's really good. What'd you think of of how Tua played overall?
2: So it, it's like the uh, three point shooter when he holds his his follow through. Uh, Tua held just about every follow through on every throw throughout the course of the game. On tape, you're looking back. It's like, yeah, you could tell he was feeling it from the start. Yeah, because of how he was just dealing and, um, yeah. I think I think the. The shots down the field are, are really important for this offense just because I think you looked at how they kind of got bogged down a little bit in, in November, and, and everybody had these questions early, late October, early November, um, and, and you're getting a lot of congestion and you're getting a lot of physicality. We're getting guys put up on the line of scrimmage and well, we're going to be more aggressive in coverage. Well, if you're going to be more aggressive in coverage, we've got to loosen you up. And how do you do that? You run slot fade with Tyreek Hill. And they did a really good job with the scouting uh, ahead of the game for the first touchdown pass where Tua Tungvalo in the game said, you know, we, we put Devon H. out on the perimeter, and they walked their linebacker out over there, and, and we knew they liked to have their safety leveraged up over top of their linebacker for a little extra help. So when you do that on the right side of the field and then the left side of the field on the three-man side, you got Tyree Kill in the slot, and he's yeah, running a, a fade with all that space. And two, actually, on that play, too, I thought I was really impressed if you go back and watch. They run like a little hook route right at the sticks, too.
1: is your reward, Medela, the mark of a fighter. responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
2: And he kind of just gives like a—it wasn't a ball pump, but it was just like a little bit of a head and shoulder pump to kind of sell, like, "Yep, I'm starting my throwing motion." And it looked like Quan Martin, the defender on Tyree Kill, was kind of getting greedy because it looked he thought three was was running the hook and it was going to get thrown right at him. So kind of frozen for just a second, and then Tyreek Hill releases inside and gets up vertical and stacks him over the top. So uh, just little nuances, too, you know, beyond just the ball placement down the field. I, I thought he, from start to finish, played a game where he was dialed in, he was locked in.
1: I love the way he looks off, guys, before he throws to another guy. I think he does it as well as anybody I've seen, looking it off. And I don't mean just head. I mean even his body facing that way before he comes back and, and throws it where he wants to go. I want to ask you about Devon Achan for a second. What What'd you think? Got a lot of work. Got a, little, uh, got a lot more carries than I thought he was. I think he ended up with 17 carries in the game. A lot of in them in the second half. Uh, did he look close to what we saw before?
2: I thought so. Uh, I thought you saw the contact balance out in space on that check down pass where he shrugs off uh, it was Kaliki Hudson, I believe was the, the would-be tackler on the perimeter. I thought you saw some tough runs between the tackles for as uh, as much as you're going to get tough runs out of Devon with just his frame and his stature in general. He had one inside uh, inside run that I was really impressed with where he, he pressed up. Uh, they had a double team up in front and he pushed, pressed the line of scrimmage behind it. And just the jump cut that he put and strung into a hard vertical plan to get up into the adjacent gap. Uh, really it, it overwhelmed the linebackers because they're, they're, they're sucking up. They're expecting him to pop in one gap. And it was so quickly how he flashed out of that gap and into the next one and got a nice chunk So you saw a little bit of diversity uh, for him too. I think Miami's most da- dangerous personnel package moving forward, if everybody's available in the skill group, is going to be their two-back, uh, 21 personnel with Raheem Devon, a tight end, or Alec Ingold, so it could technically be 30, uh, and then Jay Waddle and Tyreek Hill. And you saw some of that. You see all the speed, how they were able to put those guys on the field or on the same side of the field at the same time. I think that is the really, really stressful personnel package that I don't know the team's are going to have a lot of answers for yeah, because of what Devon's able to do in the passing game because of how you can move all those guys around. They had Jalen Waddle lined up in the backfield and running a, a choice route, it looked like, on a third down late in the game. And he got hooked. He got held by Jamin Davis. They didn't call it because Miami was up 30 points at that point. But uh, th- that personnel package, that 21 group, is what I look to. And I, I think they've got a lot of problems they can, can show teams with that group.
1: I'll leave you with this one. Um, Tyreek Hill and the MVP talk is uh, really picking up over the last two weeks. And of course, he comes out and doesn't do anything to hurt himself with a 60 and 70 yard touchdown place. What are your thoughts? Is it crazy? It's never happened before. Could this be the first if this continues towards 2,000 yards?
2: Yeah, I think you got to give it consideration, right? It's certainly you're on pace to see something that's never been done before. And anytime you have that kind of historic measure, especially if the measure elsewhere across the league for other teams and other opponents is um maybe a little more underwhelming. It 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 may be the perfect intersection for something like this to happen. And you know, you, you look at the Dolphins in general and their team. When's the last time the AFC felt this open? Jacksonville loses last night and Trevor Lawrence goes down. We'll see what that that angle I know it's an ankle sprain. Is it a high ankle sprain? Is he gonna miss time? Can he play? They got Cleveland. It's a tough defense next week. Like who knows? So the, I, I would say as much as the MVP race is, well, it's it's kind of wide open in, in, in an unprecedented way. I feel like that's also an embodiment of this Dolphin season right now. And if if the Dolphins are able to answer the call, win the games they're supposed to win, take care of business at home, you're probably gonna have somebody who's wearing a Dolphin jersey win MVP. Yeah, and you're probably gonna have this Dolphins team with with home field advantages. They take care of business at home.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, it's got a chance, and it's not crazy anymore uh, to take care of these next two games. It's big, big favorite, uh, Tennessee and New York, to get to 11 wins. And then it is on to try to get that number one seed. Then it is really on looking at those last three games for sure. Hey, so are you going to be down here? Are you going to catch up with Andy and that beautiful I'll wife be of his? Good, good, good. Yeah, we'll have great. to all get together, man. That sounds good. Hey, bud, great having you. Can't thank you enough and appreciate you coming on to break things down.
2: Thanks, Joe. I'll talk to you soon.
0: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.